for freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Okay. We're good. We are good. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, it's Friday, so it's it's uh, it's good. It's good. I think your product has got a great story. So give us the, the origin story that is Logan. Well, probably the better story is my company story, which... Okay, let's go there. Yeah. So, um, so my company uh, is founded by the world's largest wholesaler. Okay? So Bob Holling said, probably a lot of people listening to this know who he is. He wholesales anywhere between 800 and 1,000 cars a week wow. in Manheim, Pennsylvania. A week. And That's he reconditions every single car. Wow. Amazing. Phenomenal. So he's been in business for over 40 years. Um, so essentially what happened was he started building out a network of buyers across the U.S. in order to buy all these cars. And he needed to scale it. So he built an app with data that he had, a condition report, where sight unseen, any of his buyers could write a check with his checkbook <laughs> and buy any car across the U.S. based on data, based on an algorithm. <coughs> That's so, some serious uh, trust. Yeah, right? Crazy, crazy. I mean, just millions and millions, right, in inventory. Just any, he'll buy anything. Maseratis, Lambos, Land Rovers, Cayennes, any, anything you can think of, like, Literally any car, he is so confident in his, his data and the condition report and his buyers, he'll write a check. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, and he has this, you know, his whole idea is to commoditize the win. So any vehicle is worth exactly what it is at any point in time based on its condition. Mm-hmm. The point that he will write a check, right? So you're eliminating risk for the dealership. Because dealers don't want to deal with that stuff. A lot of dealers don't want to deal with that, right? You're a Benz store and someone brings in either a higher branded product or a lower branded product. You don't want that trade. You're going to call it wrong so you don't have to take it. That's true. That's true. But that happens, right? Well, no, it is. You Look, you're not sure if you necessarily have a market for that vehicle. I've done it personally myself, right? You know, I, I had my I had a Mitsubishi dealership, and you know somebody could have traded a, a Mercedes in, and that not may not been exactly fit the bill as far as what I would have normally sold on my lot, and and I would have put a number on that um, appropriately, knowing that I may have to sit on this piece. For there, there's risk involved, right? Hundred percent, absolutely, more risk than you know. And then I dealt in family vehicles, not sports cars. You know, hundred percent, and and I mean, and to dealers too, give them credit. Like you need to know your niche. Mm-hmm. You're not, if you're not the guy that's selling Mercedes Benz, don't take the, like you have to look out for your business. So, so that's where he has created his own niche, right? In helping those dealers deal with those vehicles where that you can take that Benz and you know there's a check behind it mm-hmm. every time. Um, so amazing story. So like I said earlier, we partnered with Auto Trader, and that's essentially, we're opening that up to the Ontario market right now. Whereas dealers in Ontario that sign up for the instant cash offer product, 
Bob Holland's head will actually write a check on any vehicle that they'd like based on the exact same app that all of his buyers are using in the US. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, when, so, when is, so when does that go live for you guys then? It's live now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, it's an exciting time. And uh, obviously, we're going to be ramping up across Canada in 2019. But, uh, you know, it's it's what we do. It's our experience, where we come from. And, you know, we're ready to ch- shake things up and help more dealers, help more consumers. And, See yeah. that that that's such a big, strong, bold story. Um, I mean, huge power in, yeah. in, in this app. I mean, how many deal, how many dealerships currently right now in Ontario or Ontario across Canada? How many dealerships in Canada are approximately using the app right now? Uh, I would say about four hundred. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Would do you know if any of those four hundred are actually utilizing the story and the depth and the kind of the, the girth of the no. story? <laughs> Of course they're not. Well, I mean, yeah. come on. Gotta, we're going to expect them that, right? right? Yeah. But it's, every dealer that I talk to with this story, they're like, this guy sounds cool. I want to talk ooh. to him. And I'm like, 100%, this guy needs his own radio channel. <laughs> like, Can we get him on? I, I want to talk to him. Like, can yeah, we, you can do. Can we get him on? Can we get him on sometime? I mean, that'd be, that would be awesome. Well, because look, yeah. it's it's a brand, it's a story. It's it, there, there, there's there's something. I mean, I just watched you tell the story, and I could see the excitement. I'm about it. I know I can see the excitement in, in your body language, in your eyes, and it's just like you're like, uh, this is effing cool. It's I, so and, cool. Um, you know, yeah. when, when I walk into a dealership, I, I don't, you know, it's unfortunate but for a lot of dealerships, and you're in a lot of dealerships as, as I am too. Yeah. And, and there are some good ones, don't get me wrong, right? Um, but I, I don't feel that energy level in a lot of the stories that are being told, you know, and it's just, um, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm on this hunt. I, I want dealerships to start telling better stories. The yeah. other issue too that I see is, is communication within the dealership. So mm-hmm. even if you tell a story at one level, I mean, especially when it comes to marketing, I was talking to a dealer, it was probably November. He was kind of having a quiet month. And so we started to listen to, to some of the calls, like down mm-hmm. to, you know, it is quiet time. He's like, I'm going to listen to some of these calls. Did he do it with and, a hard drink in one hand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it needed yeah. one. <laughs> So they had been running this Facebook ad, like this same Facebook ad for months. The exact same. There's only one ad. It was on like Corolla's. Anyway, this salesperson answers the call and the guy says, I'm calling you about the Facebook ad, right? Mm-hmm. The salesman had no idea what the ad was. He didn't know. He's like, oh, what ad? Like, what, what's the offer on the ad? And he couldn't even help. He couldn't help the guy. Well, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, think about it yourself. What, what, what is the consumer? What in the world would you think of that? I would call the next Toyota dealership. Yeah, I think I would too. Unfortunately, and but that's, you know, that is the reality. And the, the other unfortunate thing is that he wouldn't have known that unless he dialed in. Yep. So who's dropping the ball? It's not the guy's fault. I mean, someone is responsible for, you know, communicating the offerings that are going out to the sales mm-hmm. guys who are communicating with the consumers. So there's a ball being dropped somewhere. So yeah, it's just, I think communication, if you're going to tell a story, which is so important, right? The why, why buy? Yes. Why buy here? What makes us different? Um, and, and everyone, you know, I think people have this tendency to think like they're not different or they're not 
important or their story not will resonate and it's well, not they, they think their story is defined by their manufacturer but, it, but it, it's not it's at not. all i mean i i know i know a uh i know a hyundai dealership that in their market is outselling their toyota and honda like in a big way I mean, you know i i mean i know i know i know of a volkswagen dealership that outsells the ford dealership down the street wow. of it that's like that's i <laughs> so it's definitely not the manufacturer that defines you know the story and the performance of these places right and those are three that you should be telling they right? are they are they're it's it they're this all a plant a part of a lot of collections of stories that we're putting out hits yeah. on here and i know i've been recording i've been recording a lot lately so there's yeah. over the next yeah i know someone told me the other day i post a lot and i'm like <laughs> I love it. I watch a lot of anything, yeah. the, the text on the bottom. Yeah. Because you know where you are, you can't always listen to the, I mean, now I have the air calls. So That's true. I'll be more down to the audio. <laughs> but it's nice that they ha- that you can read along. I find that it does. Yeah, it's great. No, it's cool. Oh, and and it's, it's been a lot of fun. The, the amount of content that you're able to put out and the quality and like snippet wise, it's very digestible. It's not overwhelming. It's, it really is excellent. Yeah, it, it, it's working out, you know, but look, I, I will completely admit that I don't know exactly what the right formula is. And there are times where uh, these little tidbits and I call them tidbits, these tidbits will go out and, and they just may not have enough context around that little snippet of a piece of a strategy session right. that I was in. And I've seen a few times where it may have been misconstrued because there just wasn't enough context behind it. So, you know, on one side, it's great to build out these quick little morsels that you can digest and just move on with your day. The same, and the same time, it's like, well, sometimes you need a little more context than what actually gets put into these video pieces. So it's, it is a bit of a battle of kind of going through. In fact, I got nothing but mad respect for my video team. Um, I call them, I call them treasure hunters uh, because I pretty much, I record roughly about six hours of my day. And, and then they have to go hunting for smart shit, Jason said. And of course, the ongoing joke is I say that smart shit and the cameras are turned off. Um, <laughs> but what, what we're doing and what we're learning through putting out all this content, it was just my way of beta testing what I was getting all of our dealerships ready for. Well, it's trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, like to figure out the format, you know, there's all this data on the best time to post on different channels and which it really depends on the industry, right? Or who you're targeting. Yep. It, 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 all, it really does define about who the audience is, right? right. It's, if it's a B2B or a B2C play, if, if it's a younger yeah. audience, an older audience, a family-based audience, right? I mean, school schedules can also include to, you know, how you schedule out your content. If they're if they're working, if they're banker type hours, that can schedule into it. But I, I think at the end of the day is that it's it's uh, we're trying to push all of our marketing efforts into branding, not selling, because I, I, for the most part, the selling portion of the transaction has already happened, right? It, it, uh, I believe that the meet, greet, and qualify already happens online. Hence the reason why right. customer right. Hence the reason why the customer comes in as is for stock number seven seven six seven seven, instead of you know uh, I'd like to see uh, what kind of used SUVs you have on the lot. You know I mean that's that's what it was like when I first started selling cars, but that's not how it is today. So you know I mean 
what's what's the Google stat? One point four or two dealerships? Yeah, or exactly. Less than like two. That, right, less less than two, which, which pretty much means just don't get up and you're gonna sell a car. Uh-huh. I mean, really. <laughs> well, they start the OEM website, right? And then if they're buying a new car, they figure out what it is to buy. And then from the OEM website, they just Google whatever brand within Calgary. And then what do they look at? They look at your Google rating. They'll go on your website. They'll click around. We'll see how comfortable they are with you. And then they're going to pick one. Well, yeah. So, so let's talk about the website because I think that's a perfect example because yeah. that's where uh, the introduction to your guys' uh, app yeah. really kind of starts, right? Um, I, I mean, I imagine you have to help the dealerships tell the story and how, I mean, I've seen it integrated in a few different places. Yes. It could probably get integrated better. You know, there's just, there's yeah. just not, there's not enough girth, you know, and, and the dealerships aren't putting much effort into it. They, it seems like dealerships are consistently just looking for the next plug and play thing that's going to help them improve their operations, but they don't just, it doesn't take a lot of time, just a little bit of time, just, you know. So speaking about video, like, so our form, our trade form, which, I mean, we know 70% of consumers that are buying a car have a trade in mm-hmm. and we're all attached to that value. Like we talked about before and we live in the day of Amazon. So I want to know what my trade in worth right now. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I want to know right on. And if I'm, if I can get that information on the website, perfect. I will give you my contact information to get an idea of what my trade-ins were all day, every day, right? To the video portion, so we allow dealers to actually integrate their own video into our form. So, you know. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Do a lot, do so a lot, of, do a lot of them do it? Welcome to wherever. We're really interested in buying your trade-in. If you fill out the form below, you have a chance to win. Da, 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 whatever you want to do. Yeah. Right? And then and we can change out that video as often or as little as you want. But literally, I have one, de- I have one dealer that did it. I was going to ask how many. One. I have one. And you know what? It wasn't even like a specific customized video. It's one of those um, like draw whiteboard videos. Like it's not. Oh, that's cool. One. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. It is cool. At least they did it. At least they did it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, it's a great opportunity to, t- to tell that story engage with the customer directly on the form when they're considering whether they want to even get started in this process. Yeah. Right. As soon as I see a form, well, how long is this going to take? Yeah, no, it is. Right? Now, do, you, do you guys measure the abandonment rate of those forms? Yeah. So our completion rate is, is 50. Well, we average. So I would say anywhere between 48 and 50%. It's really high. That's a, that's actually is. That is pretty high. It's yeah. really high. Yeah. Yeah. So just the way that the form, kind of like Googly, the way that the form kind of engages with the customer, mm-hmm. down mobile friendly, you know, all that fun stuff. So, and then before we ask them for their contact information, <coughs> we attribute a lot of the completion rate to this actually. It shows the consumer um, what their tax savings would be, because not a lot of people know. Oh, okay. Tax savings. And then also a depreciating value. So it says your car could depreciate X amount of dollars in the next two months, and then it asks them to fill in the form. So we're giving them value before we're asking them for their value, which which helps, right, with that relationship. Like we're going to complete our end of the bargain. Here's some information. If you fill in the form, giving the dealership the lead, um, you'll instantly get an idea. Yeah, because I've seen I've seen a fair amount. 
I was even surprised, but we've worked hard to, to optimize it. So every additional, like sometimes dealers are like, well, can you ask if they still owe any money on the car? And I'm like, well, it depends on, you know, we've optimized with quality and quantity. So every time you add an additional question, the completion rate drops by 10%. Yeah. Right. So we're at 50, 48 to 52. It's a high completion rate. Like if you know how many website visitors you have, I can give you a pretty good idea of how many leads you're going to get just because like data doesn't lie. Right. As much as yep. we like to pretend that it does, and we like to not believe what the data tells us. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't lie. So yeah. So I got one dealership out there that's utilizing it as far as a story portion of them. Do you, do you and, and I've seen some, and, and I do like you guys' product. I've seen some of the competitors and uh, look, you guys are giving something to receive something. You are right. You're, the, the, the value through the education, the information that they receive is well worth just giving up, giving up the names. <coughs> um, now with emails, I don't know. I still struggle with emails and forms, you know, and you know, I, I actually still struggle for them. The word lead actually kind of bugs me, right? I, I've been in the business for a long time to remember when our websites didn't even have form fills. And then, and, and then we, and then form fills came into play and it was like, whoa, this was a big deal. Um, but even back then, I remember our reports, it was like contact form, right? It was like this form. It was the uh, inquiry form. It was a request. We didn't call these things leads. We call them forms, right? And <coughs> it's me. That's all right. You need oh, a haul. I know I do. Hey, awesome. We're fishermen's friends. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, well, you're welcome, Halls. Fishermen's yeah. friends, you're welcome. Yeah, there we go. a little shameless plug in there, right? <laughs> just, what was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying. What was I saying? What was I talking about? <laughs> Where uh, am I? Who are you? Who am, who am I? <laughs> um, no, uh, oh, forms, leads, yes, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they're considered a lead just because someone filled out a form. You know, I mean, I still look at them as being kind of an inquiry, right? I mean, I think of it if you kind of put it into kind of a social environment. You know, it, if you're at a party, and this happens a lot, you know, I'll be at a party or something like that. They know I'm in the automotive industry, you know, so they ask me, so what do you think of this car? Yeah. Well, I don't go to think that they're immediately a lead. I'm like, oh, well, you're a lead. Come with me. When would you like to set up an appointment? You know, it was just like, no, the guy just had, or the gal just had a legitimate question. Just, you know, it's, I think it's through that conversation, we can go from inquiry to lead. I just don't know at what point in time we start calling these things leads. Um, I agree. I think that even um, dealing with, you know, obviously I'm in B2B mm-hmm. and I see, I just experienced it actually recently. Um, a, a vendor that I recently got to know, I did an intro and then they're like, Hey, we want to do a part. Here's a PowerPoint presentation. And like, they see me on the email and I'm like, Oh my God, like, why are we asking these people to marry you when you haven't even met? Like, that's always my analogy. Like, why are we not dating? Let's try yeah. this out. The whole concept of a courtship is just pretty much not existing anymore, right? And then that's oh, the way. In both ways, right? B2B yeah. and B2C. Like, why? Just because I'm asking you a question, I'm qualifying you. Like, I'm, I don't know that I want to do business with you. And to assume that you do, it's like, put a ring on it. Like, whoa. 
I know it, 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 it's absolutely, it's absolutely mind boggling. So, you know, it's just like, you know, I was, I was um, doing a training, uh, some development the other day. I don't do a lot, but I, I do, I do for a few, few different clients and it was BDC. And, and I had one of the BDRs there just really kind of complaining about their leads, right? You know, like, Quality of the leads. Oh Quality man. Leads sucks. Oh, <laughs> right? my, literally my, my inner Alec Baldwin was about to come out. I was about to go Glenn Gehrig on Ross on his ass. Um, <laughs> I was just like, you want yeah. leads? I'll show you leads. Um, I'll show you. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just cause they think that just cause someone filled out one of those trade in forms or just because someone requested some information about the valuation of their, of their used vehicle, but all yeah. of a sudden that they're a lead, but they're just an inquiry. We have to have a conversation about it. You know, and it's just like, we just skip that entire process and we just go straight to let's put a ring on the finger, you know? So why are they so anxious, right? They want that sale. Like they, do they, you know, to change it from selling to like information providing, Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how do you change that conversation where that rep can understand, you know, we get where you're motivated as a rep, but how do we shift that to, you know, quality responses or open rates or engagement or whatever, however you want to qualify success through information and then motivate them that way? Like, how do you shift that mentality, right? Well, I mean, look, it, it's a challenge, but it's the same challenge that we have when it comes to uh, of social media, right? It, it, it's the same challenge of trying to get dealerships just to be social on social media. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, you've, have you seen some of these dealerships, social media accounts? I mean, I'm just like, I, I, I went to a dealership and they were so happy about their account and, and they had, you know, all these followers and all this engagement. And I'm like, okay, so let's, let's just, let's just take a look, you know, let's, let's see what you're posting. Right. And we're seeing what they're posting. It's the same people over and over and over that are engaging. Same, same people. No one, I hate you people. know, Look who bought a new car. I'm like, <laughs> how are you adding any value to anyone's life? You know, Tell me about why I need winter tires in Calgary. Because I don't have any. I have all yep. seasons. Do I need winter tires? Yeah, we don't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, give me something educational, something that is providing value to me. Right? Well, yeah, but they don't uh, that's, to me either when they don't respond. Oh, see, that's the other thing. So no one's actually being social. They're, yeah. they're, just, they're just posting shit out there. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm like, well, put yourself into a dinner party. All right. And then just read this post in the middle of the room and you tell me if it's being social, you know? So it's like, it's just imagine you walk into a dinner party, you go into the middle of that room and it's zero percent of the financing, low lease rates, huge cash discounts. I mean, I, that's, I'm like, there's, there's and no clearance. Yeah. <laughs> and mon yeah. Year end clearance, you know, by now, by now, by now, like there's nothing social about it. So it goes to the same part about lead response. There's no social element to the lead response. I mean, no one's courting anybody anymore. And, and even to your point, even vendors, uh, I, I, don't, I don't get that part either. Like we pretty much just stop, you know, courting as well. I mean, I'm sure you probably get this too on your LinkedIn account and the amount of people, no crap, see, I think there's one literally right there in InMail, you know? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Look at that. Look at that. Talk about timing. I got an email. You know, I don't even know who the hell this person is. And they're like, yeah. you know, it's just like, you know, you it, pretty much the whole thing is like they want me to rep their product. I don't even know what the hell or who the hell you are. Like, and like time is the most valuable resource, right? So for people to assume that they deserve your time, like 
it's bizarre. Yep. It really is. Like, no, no, no. You don't get to just choose when this is working for you. This is a two-way street. Yeah. So when you were working with the, your guys' dealerships, is that a part of your guys' process? Do you guys bring some development? And do you try to work a little bit on those lead responses? I hate the word lead. Yeah, a little bit. So, I mean, obviously, like, obviously we have best practices. Yeah. So we know what our most successful dealers, how they're using the tool set and how they're responding to people. Um, again, we there is still a lot of, people that are stuck in their ways and like <laughs> the way that they do things which I, I respect and you know what and I you know if what you have is working for you great you know um what I've seen over the time is that this whole concept of, of trading leads is a new thing to a lot of dealers mm -hmm. because they would just have like a, a templated form which no one filled out because it would like require them in like condition, different things. Long form that no one would fill out. So most dealers weren't receiving any trading leads. So a lot of the lead requests were, um, you know, test drive. Like, is that vehicle there for a test drive? Very common. Um, and then e price, like different style. Whereas you're you're talking about a, a car that you have that you know about. Whereas with the trade in. You know nothing about this car. You you don't know the story of the car. You don't know this person. You know there's an opportunity to engage with that person, ask them questions about their current trade. Yeah, right? actually have a conversation. Like, oh, oh, you have that trade. What are you interested in buying? Yeah. Like, back back the train. Let's <laughs> wheel back. Let's read the lead. We don't read leads either. No. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we, you know, I, I have best practices. I have those conversations. Some of them take them more seriously than others. Some of them, you know, are like, we could probably do a better job handling the leads, but we don't care. We get enough sales out of your product that we don't need to like improve that process anymore. Like it's fine. But you know what? They, they say stuff like that. And, and you know how it is. It's, it's, you know, uh, that's fine. You, you're selling a fair amount of them. But the ones that you aren't selling to and the ones that are getting that bad experience, they're the ones that are very, very vocal, you know, at the dinner parties and at the family reunions of uh, saying, oh, no, no, no. You, you were talking. No, no, no. Don't go to that dealership. I, I submitted this form. They didn't. No, 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 no. You're not going to. Yeah, they, right? didn't have, they didn't even respond. That yeah. happens all the time. response. <laughs> Like, and then you know you get the complaints as, and I'm not meaning to like shit on every dealer. They're not all like this, and I get that. They no, no. Certain aspects of your business, and I can appreciate that. But to not respond to leads, like, what are you in the business of doing? You have too many business opportunities, or you have too many inquiries that you can't answer them. Like, hire another person. Hire someone else. If you had a two-month coming in, how many people are walking through your showroom door? Everybody says not enough. <laughs> exactly. Right? <laughs> With all these inquiries are happening online, and you don't have people to handle them. If that is your new showroom, right? Online, it's it's where it's at, and yeah. there's, there's a huge human element that can be portrayed online through the website and through emails and all that stuff that, that is lacking. Like, who are you? 
Well, the, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of dealerships kind of treat that space, that digital space, as just being just this advertising. Yeah. They, they don't, don't they don't they don't view it necessarily as an extension of their physical location and their they don't see it as an extension of their physical or their brick and mortar dealerships operational efforts you know they just they kind of see it as this it, it's a pot and i just kind of get to stew the pot around and then just kind of click out people and then those people will come into you know come into my dealership they're just I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that's the case. You know, I mean, I, it's weird because you can look at the stats. There are more people in their digital space than they are in their physical space. Um, but we, we treat, unfortunately, a lot of the people in the uh, digital space is just kind of like second rate citizens. Like, you know, it's like we don't have the time to have a real conversation with right. you. Right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I agree with you. There are, there are, and I have some clients that are doing a phenomenal job of it. You know. Um, there's a huge for improvement, and you know, I think that the dealers that adopt quicker obviously are going to succeed faster, and and they're going to last. Like those guys that are, and it totally depends on your market. Like there are places in rural Canada that picking up the phone and calling the person is going to be way more better, way better than sending them a video email, right? Yeah. Because that's your market, a hundred percent. So knowing your market, knowing you know, if the age of your population is 16 and over and they're more, you know, they don't check their email or they don't have Facebook or, or whatever it is. By the way, most people over 60 definitely have Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that it's, it's important to know who you're, to that point, who you're communicating with and, and how best to tell your story on your website. Because people are, you know, on your website. Hundred percent, and 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 I think that's um, you're absolutely right. I think if we were to look at what's going to happen over the next five years, a few things: it, it, dealerships need to get better in their communication efforts. Some have already started down this path. Yes, yes, both, um, and, and and we really gotta we gotta do less selling and more branding. You know, uh, there's 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 amazing stories in the systems and solutions that we use and the operational processes that we have. Those need to be the stories that we use in our marketing efforts. Um, Nobody goes around telling everybody that they bought a $199 biweekly car. No. They don't, you know, but they will gladly tell you the story, (laughs) good or bad, um, of how the experience, you know, went down. That's definitely something, because that's what we like to share, right? Absolutely. we collect stories and as a society, we've, you know, we know, stories forever. Yeah. You know, it resonates. 100%. So I have a question for you. Hmm. Uh, with the, I don't, do you have like Google home or Siri or anything like that? I like, use Siri and Alexa. Oh, Alexa, Alexa. Turn, off. turn off. Okay. It's off. Um, so with all that, you know, there's been some conversation about as far as marketing goes, like getting into that voice activated marketing. So saying like, you know, where's a high-ended dealership in Calgary or mm-hmm. high-ended dealership near me or high-ended Elantra deals 2019 or lease payments or, or anything like that. Um, have you seen dealers adopting or one, I have no idea how you would do this, uh, but are dealers or is that conversation happening in the marketing world where people are thinking about getting into that? So like, is it going to be a buying a keyword 
Um, hey. You know what? There's there's definitely opportunities in the voice space. You know, for for dealerships. Um, you know, and, and especially uh, it, dealerships are just uh, just a factory of content. There are just so many elements to a dealership that a dealership can really talk about. And there's, and I mean, if a dealership really sat down and wrote out 200 questions, all right, that they could answer about a dealership, you know, right. uh, th- that could easily be installed and put into a type of voice environment. So like, you know, uh, what does front end profit of a dealership mean? You know, mm-hmm. what, you know, uh, are extended warranties, you know, really worth it? You know, if dealerships really took the time to answer these, yes, you can't go the open market for the voice space. It's not. I think it can. You know, uh, it's just the, the, the open market for the voice space isn't still readily available to, you know, just every individual. You know, um, but I think there's it's one of those things. And actually, it's funny you asked that because I did have a dealership ask me last month about it. And and I just kind of looked at them and I'm just like, you know, out of the things that we can focus on, this is a much farther ahead. You know, Um, know, I had a dealership. I had a dealership. We were preparing for their 2019 strategy and they told me, you know, Jason, we just need more leads. That's what we need. We just need more leads. And of course, my my response back to him, I'm like, you don't need more leads. You just need to take care of the damn ones you got, you know? And it's just like, you know, but we do this, this, and this. And I said, well, okay, well, fine. You know, you're at 30%. But if you were at 40, what would that look at? Do the math. And I'm like, there you go. You want to take some time. You want to invest some effort, maybe invest a little bit of money. You know, you need to take a look how you're going to go from 30 to 40, right? Um, that that percentage alone multiplied out all over all the leads you get in a year is gigantic, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, I, I think what it is, and was it Steve Jobs probably, I think he said it, it was, you know, is that we we first define what that user experience is, and then we work backwards towards technology. Unfortunately, I get into a lot of these meetings and these great ideas. I mean, I, I'm always amazed. I mean, I, dealerships do have some amazing ideas, right? But they kind of miss the whole part about defining what the goal or what the user experience is going to be, and then try to work you know, they, they're just wanting to work right. with the tech first and then work forward. Right. Really, you want to work with what that, define what that experience is going to be and then work backwards towards the technology. Um, same thing with digital retailing, right? It's like, that's first the buzz time. right now. You know, it, it, they, haven't, they haven't taken the time to really define out yet what that means to them and does it fit into their goals and objectives and how does it help support their goals and objectives? Once they've been able to define that, then they can kind of work backwards toward the technology and ensure that that type of tech actually fits into their processes and operations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing also with your guys' tool, right? I mean, I imagine there's probably a fair amount of people that just buy it and they just think that's it. It's just a plug-in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, but that's not. There, there's, there's a lot more opportunity than it just being a plug-in. It has a very deep and rich story that nobody is is... I think really capitalizing on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's huge. And I like with what's happening with Trader, we see dealers putting the actual tool into the hands of their sales guys, where their sales guys mm-hmm. get to walk the car with the consumer, fill in the condition with the consumer, right? So you're creating that transparency. The sales guy doesn't have to see any of the values. So if, the, if you want to keep the process completely separate where they use car manager on the same dashboard in the showroom who's can actually call the car and mm-hmm. 
rep can walk the vehicle with the consumer, right? You see a soccer ball in the back. Oh, your kids play soccer? Like, where do they play? Right? Or there's a scratch here or there and, you know, baby ball, whatever. It gives that <coughs> an opportunity to build a relationship with the consumer through the training process. Where right now, I mean, that, if everyone thinks dealer just takes the car back, kicks the tires, throws a number at it. They don't sort of like the <laughs> That's what we used to do. I hate to admit it, but I remember I remember standing in the back, you know, um, smoking my cigarette, unfortunately. I don't do that anymore, so that's okay. Um, but, you know, I'd be sitting back there, and the used car manager would drive around the back. He'd come out. He'd stand right next to me for five to ten minutes and smoke a cigarette. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm praising a vehicle. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm not the Jumping it and drive back around. Can work. Can work. <coughs> but with tools that are available now, right? Like mm. our mission is to monetize the pin. Really, literally anyone. I could put this app in your hands. You could walk a car, fill in the condition, and call the car, and we'll write a check for it. Yeah. And so why can not everyone at your dealership? We have a dealer that had put this in the hands of their service department. In one month, their service department took seventeen trades out of service. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. They just—it's—it's it's a great story. They just have to build it into their process. And Which then is one. So hard. This it's is where I, I know, you know what? I struggle a little bit with this because they say I, I know, I know how much time, <laughs> you know, is wasted <laughs> at a lot of dealerships yeah. and just drinking coffee and shooting the shit and playing solitaire, and smoking cigarettes. And I mean, in fact, I was, um, I did a podcast with Brent Weeds last night. Oh, I love Brent. Yeah, Brent's awesome. Um, he didn't wear a fedora though. I was upset. Um, he hasn't been doing that lately. Um, but um, he, we were talking about a case study where it would actually talk about how the salesperson, in reality, between actually time talk to a customer is roughly only about two hours a day in an yeah. eight hour shift. So there's just, there is a lot of time that is not utilized because the processes are not in place. To actually utilize them you know we have to look at our day like a workout routine it's like i go from here yeah. to there to there to there and that's the only way that i achieve the entire workout is i have to create that routine i mean you know more than, you know that more than yeah that, we have right? people that are outsourcing like they're literally going on Kijiji with one screen half their screen and then our app with the other and putting in detail and making offers on consumer vehicles without even seeing them See that that that's there you go. I mean that's that's utilizing that's utilizing a tool in in the way that it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, tools are only as good as how well you know someone uses them or who uses them. Um, and, and and processes are only as good as how well someone is able to manage them. And you know I'm I, I'm amazed. And now I, I have some dealerships that are good at this, but you know it. I, and I, I I am I know we're 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 giving we're getting our giving our industry a bit of a hard time, but. I, I'm okay with that because I think they need a little bit of a kick in the ass. You know, how many dealerships I've walked into and I ask them what their delivery process is. We'll just make it real simple. What's the delivery process? Well, it's this, 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 and this. That's awesome. Where can I find that in writing? Well, we don't have it, but everybody does it. Okay. I'll go down there and ask the floor, nine different salespeople. I will get nine different variations of what that process yeah. is. A hundred percent, you know, and it's just like, well, what do you mean? The guy said this, well, no, we were supposed to do it this way. Well, you, you didn't have it written down. 
And, and you had no way of, of measuring, measuring the effectiveness of that process. You know, how can you actually kind of lead on it? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy difficult, but I, I think, you know, managers kind of need, I know we, I know there's a lot going on at a dealership, so it's easy to get distracted. There's always fires that need to be put out. Um, but we got to slow down, take the time, write out these processes so that tools are effectively used, you know? And I will say there's often I go into dealerships and like salespeople scatter. It's like, oh my God, a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Uh, there is one dealership that I've gone into and uh, every single person that works there said hi to me and asked me if they could help me with anything. It was absolutely phenomenal. You could tell through the whole store that they have this culture of, of help, genuinely helping people, genuinely caring. And it was, it percolated through the whole store. Like I couldn't believe it. It didn't matter if it was the guy in service, if it was the woman at the front desk, if it was a sales guy walking by with paper in his hand, you know, a lot of those are managers. Every single one of them asked me if they could help me and, and said hi. And it was, you know, it was so genuine. And I just thought, and it was bustling in there. And you know, you don't go into dealers <laughs> bustling. No, like, no, no. And I just thought they are doing this right. You know, well, they're, they're taking the time. They're defining the process. I mean, they, they, they had to create a process. I mean, the only way that you can get that many people on board consistently doing the same effort, the same action. Is and I didn't get threatened. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, what car are you here to buy? You know, it was genuinely like, hi, like, how are you? Can Are you here to see someone? Like, how can they help you? It's like, yeah, I'm just waiting for Peter. He knows I'm here. Thanks. <laughs> you know, it's like, but yeah, it, it is so process driven and, and culture and communication and you just, I think that it's so rare nowadays that we experience like exceptional customer service. Sure. That our standards are so low for what that experience needs to be in order for us to buy. Whereas it doesn't take that much effort to up the ante a little bit and be that much better than than everyone else. It, like, it's not that hard. No, 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 oh no, it's it's really not. And, and, and that actually is probably a great way to kind of end this off because that in itself is what the opportunity is. You know, I, you know, for all the managers out there and dealership staff, I know we've been kind of giving you a little bit of a hard time, but you know, I think you have to see this from where the opportunity is. If, if the two of us can easily say, we are, we've been in a lot of dealerships, a lot, right? But we can say for the majority of them, they're not hitting these marks. That means if you and your dealership really take the time and, and dedicate to developing out those processes, all right, telling the stories um, of your operations, including great tools like what your company has, Logan, um, you know, we, and, letting them, and letting the marketing department run with those stories, all right, I think these three things that, that, that communications, those processes and telling those stories and, and, and combine that into including a marketing team in that, there's a lot, a lot of opportunity. And this doesn't take, like, this is not rocket science. You don't, you don't need to go to school to do this or and learn how to do this. It's just a commitment. You're overwhelmed. Like there yeah. is a lot happening. We have a lot more information today than we've ever had before. So I, I totally get it. Like as a dealer, 
the, the nice thing is there's people like us, right? So mm-hmm. I'm interested in every product that's out there, anything that's new that's happening, anyone that's making a change in the industry. I want to know what you do. And for any dealer you know, that I know or that I don't know, call me anytime. If you're looking at different products or different tools or you met one vendor, you want to know who their competition is, maybe their competition has a better offering, like give us a call. I mean, we deal with this stuff all the time and we we have these conversations. We know what a lot of people in the industry do. We know dealers that use a lot of these products that we can at least like refer you to talk to them mm-hmm. as a dealer. You know, do you, would you recommend that solution? What was your practice in getting the other vendors? You know, that kind of thing where like use this as a resource versus you're just drowning in the water. You don't know what direction to go in. You don't know who's actually not bullshit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, it's very easy to say, we do this and we're going to make you this much money. And, you know, look at this landing page that I built. It's beautiful. And we're going <laughs> to, this dealer, you know, but it's easy to say that, but it's, it's a lot harder to, to know before you invest your money, if you're actually going to get the results that you're looking for. Whereas people like us, we can, we can help out and help, help dealers walk understand what the realities are, what's actually happening in the industry. And that was, and it's cool that you said that because that is one of the goals that I created in making these phone calls and recording these phone calls is, you know, I am trying to uh, help uh, vendors because we're no competition. You don't offer any services I offer. I definitely don't do do anything that you guys do, but, but just trying to give them saying, here's who the real practitioners are in the industry. Exactly. You know, and, and, and these are people that you can align your business's goals with, and, and they're going to take what your goals and objectives are and really take it to heart. And if you work closely with them, they'll work real close with you. You yeah, lean in, they'll lean in 100%. It's a you know? And I think a lot of vendors don't see it that way yet. I mean, back to the whole marriage, right? Like, yeah. this, you need to, it's a, it's a double sided relationship. It needs to work both ways. It's no longer like I'm buying this pen and buy. I don't need anything else from you. It's not like that. It's not plug and play. It's not one done sale. Like it's an ongoing, especially with the internet. I mean, mm-hmm. you put my form on your website, it's not going anywhere. It's staying there. So if we don't communicate through how it's going and what you're doing and how we can optimize better and how we can, you know, execute on these opportunities and communicate more effectively and tell better stories then what's the point? 100%. 100%. You're not going to like me. No, no. You know, and, and, and there's, there's a lot of vendors out there. there. There's a lot of opportunity out there. And, you know, if, if maybe through these types of conversations, the more conversations we have like this and we can present this content out there, then, then you know, people can just see for themselves, you know, and that's, it, it, it's... You know, I, I don't do any selling. Actually, I, I stopped doing yeah. it I've, I've, I've altogether. Yeah. I, I don't go door to door. I don't knock on doors. I don't I don't have meetings where I try to convince people to do something that they should be doing already. You know, it's just I put the content out there and I allow people to consume and make their own decisions. And, you know, they'll choose to do business with me or not to do business with me. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I just want to extend that out to as many vendors that I know that are in line and doing the exact same, have that same passion about the dealership and really want to see the dealership exceed because, well, their success is our success, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, so what's well, your coffee coming out? What's oh, the, the coffee. coffee. Okay. So, uh, 
we had so much feedback on I the need coffee. coffee. I, I'm absolutely, you are hundred percent getting coffee. In fact, you get two bags of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, we had so much positive. Uh, in fact, that was funny. I really did not think that was going to happen. I thought I'd get two or three people respond back to me. I think I like, oh my God, you had so much engagement. No, I was like, that was like, Oh, that's cool. All right. People like coffee. I'm like, I really killed it here. Um, but yeah, coffee is, uh, it will be available uh, for purchase next week. Uh, the website is belltobell.ca, which is actually the launch of our nonprofit. Uh, all profit uh, or all proceeds of the coffee goes to our nonprofit efforts, our charity efforts. Um, we're Amazing. also yes, we also have hats and T-shirts, and um, and then of course the DDS Beer Club, which is a funny story. I have lots and lots of beer, and I cannot sell that, so I have to give beer away. So anybody can go to ddsbeer.ca.ca uh, and actually register for the beer club. Uh, cool. beer of the month club yeah 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 so that's that's been that's been a lot of fun and we're looking forward to, to, to launching that that's literally this next week that's going to go out there um but yeah getting to, to the point uh we're actually going to do both bags because so many people like them so the dark one will be our dark roast and then our medium roast will come in the oh, in the lighter coat and the lighter colored one because it's just we couldn't we we just couldn't make decisions it was really split down the middle so many people you know kind of chimed in and it was just like, all right fine we'll go with both of them so, um, hey, no, go no, ahead no. if you need to, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I'd like to finish this off with, uh, can, you know, let everybody know where they can connect with you and how they can get a hold of you and learn a little bit more about what you guys do. Perfect. So Logan Pearson, I assume you're calling my name <laughs> on the bottom. Yeah, we'll put a little link up yep, right there. <laughs> um, my cell phone, feel free. You can text me or call me. I'm open with cell phone. You can call anytime, text me anytime, 506. 506- Eight seven four seven three five five. LinkedIn is huge. I'm online all the time. Um, obviously, email Logan at uh, Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Logan Pearson. Find me. Let's be friends. Awesome. Let's get married. Okay. I can't wait to see what your inbox on your LinkedIn <laughs> yeah, is going to look like after this. In fact, I think I'm just going to. I'm going to capture just that one. I'm going to capture that one section. And that will be the tidbit. I'm Logan Pearson. My number is da 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 da. Let's get married. Accutrade. Um, <laughs> Accutrade, right underneath it. Let's get married. Hey, thanks, Logan. All right. Hey, thanks, Logan. I really appreciate you taking the time Thank to you. call me. You have a good one, and we'll I will see you here. Actually, not that long. Thanks, Logan. Have a good one. Okay. Cheers. Bye.